What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No. 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 I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast this weekend. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. And hello, everybody. This is Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. And today is for Game Source Podcast number 120. And today, it's another beautiful day in paradise. And I have with us today the man, the myth, the legend himself, Aaron, aka OSU Water Polo. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Well, I'm. I was trying to see if we could get this also simultaneously on stream, but it looks like I'm going to have to do that uh, for another day. Somebody may actually have the uh, Twitch app uh, occupied, which is a good thing. If you want to check us out, it is the game underscore source Twitch channel that is available, and uh, I know myself, uh, obviously you, Aaron, Chris, Corey, uh, we all stream a ton of games on there for you guys to uh, check out. I noticed with a tendency towards Heroes of the Storm and, of course, League of Legends. Um, I'm now streaming this on on Twitch. Okay, fair enough. Uh, It is GameSource Podcast 120. Um, and I uh, just wanted to uh, say hello, everyone. Um, League of Legends, we will get to because there's uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, a little bit of a wildfire compared uh, as far as uh, something that came up in the past uh, 24 hours in regards to a little bit of a controversy there. But uh, the most important thing on the docket today is Konami, the tenuous situation in regards to Konami. Uh, yesterday. They delisted themselves off the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, almost hand in hand, they actually, what they did was uh, they also discontinued uh, the project with, uh, well, the project known as Silent Hills, um, which uh, was coming with a collaboration from the creators of uh, the Metal Gear series, uh, Kojima himself, along with (coughs) noted director uh, Guillermo del Toro. So with that, unfortunately, demise of that game that a lot of people were actually looking forward to. Um, Also, as well, uh, the actual stock itself being delisted off the New York Stock Exchange. Um, Aaron, tell me your thoughts on uh, all that's going on 
including the fact that the PT playable demo uh, that's going that is actually that's being taken down. I think it's already down. No, the, I thought it was the 29th. The tw I believe it's the 29th. Wow. It's the last day. So for all you PlayStation users out there, if you haven't had a chance to check out the playable teaser, uh, which was supposed to have been the playable teaser for Silent Hills, that will be taken down by well the 20 end of the 29th. So you better uh, better get to it. It's actually a lot of fun, and if you're into a little bit of a scare, um, it left your appetite wanting uh, a little bit more. But unfortunately, that won't be the case. So Aaron. Tell me um, your thoughts on the uh, impending Konami uh, uh, quandary, as it were. So, Well, my problem is Konami isn't just a video game company. They also do a lot of casino work out here. That's true. They, so, they have an office uh, about maybe about two, three miles away from here. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like half a mile from the airport. I mean, you can see the airport towers from it. So it's, it's really downtown, but, um, and I mean, and, and I, I've and looked I into working it. for them and, and the video game side of the company is microscopic compared to the casino side. So, and they're very know. diversified in, in the far East, as far as a lot of other products. Oh yeah, involved. absolutely. Um, but, but I mean, you know, looking into their portfolio, the, the video game portion of Konami is next to nothing compared to the rest of it. So, you know, I, I don't think any of the decisions were made together. You know, they were probably just two separate decisions that happened to happen on the same day. And, you know, people are, are going into, oh my God, Konami's going to close down mode, and that's just not true. It's just that they no longer feel they need the public support of being on Wall Street, you know, where anybody can buy into them at any time and things like that. And I think they just want to get things closer to the vest in um, who owns them so that they have a little more control over the company. And it it makes quite a bit of sense for, for a company that isn't growing the way they had expected to do something like that because sometimes it you know, you've got too many stockholders to please and it just doesn't it, it just doesn't go anywhere because you're trying to please everyone except your consumer. Oh, that's true. And I know most of their shares, uh they're they're still actively traded on the European and Far East uh, stock markets. And I know they're still quite actively traded there because as you and I both stated that they have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more vested interest uh, in those markets as opposed to here. Uh, they still have a, a, you know, a, a decent uh, gaming as far as from the, the, the gambling, uh, you know, uh, machines as far as for poker machines, gambling machines, things of that nature, especially like, like you said, out here, Branson, Missouri, um, Reno and the like, um, they still have a lot of their machines in place here. But uh, as far as the, uh, the video game uh, portion is concerned, a lot of restructuring seems to be in the offering. Um, once the Metal Gear uh, Phantom Pain number five uh, is actually going to not, uh, well, actually it is going to see the dive day, but uh, Kojima uh, and his staff will uh, not see the life of day uh, pretty much after that. They're going to be, uh, 
actually moving on to other ventures. I know Kojima has stated that that he is actually going to be uh, out as well, which uh, seems to be very sad uh, as far as the, the separation. Now, the Metal Gear saga um, most likely will continue in some aspect or another, but uh, as far as the the over-the-top uh, Kojima-style uh, action-oriented games of the Metal Gear past. Um, once Metal Gear 5 has been released, uh, the changes, I'm sure, will be made uh, in that series. But as far as Konami games as a whole in the future, it uh, remains to be seen. Uh, it's very tenuous uh, because Silent Hills was one of their uh, cornerstone projects that they were looking, you know, the fans were looking forward to because uh, the Silent Hills series for so long uh, had been really, what, since the 90s, Aaron, uh, it was really any fruitful or, or promising titles in the, in the series. There's just been one mediocre title after mediocre title. Well, there's know, no title. way that horror, uh, horror cannot be done on the current generations. Um, every horror game that has come out has been so-so and, yeah, it has sales, but the game itself is fairly average and not very scary. And I think they kind of realize that you can't scare people the way you could in the old generations um, because the technology is just too advanced. And, and yeah, so much of horror is in on the other genres now, too. I, I mean, there's moments in everything where you jump, but... Well, the PT, the playable teaser was a big success. Uh, downloaded uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. You know, it is really, really, for the most part, garnered quite uh, an interest for for it. And and for a lot of people have said that they did find the playable teaser scary and entertaining. But that is a short, small taste of what you know a Silent Hills game could have been like. So I can see it from that aspect. Uh, you know, we've seen with the Alien game from last year and some others uh, that Daylight that we got a preview last year and whatnot with uh, Chris and Corey um, as well. You know, those those titles were, were in bits and pieces, had its jumps and its scares, but uh, couldn't seem to be able to fit everything together as far as a, a complete and interesting uh, horror game. Uh, and even The Evil Within is uh, less of a horror game and more of an action game. Um, with uh, some supernatural elements, which you know it does entertain and does keep the player interested, but not from a horror standpoint. So I can see, it, you know, I can see what you're saying in regards to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be a wall-to-wall horror game with maybe you know an eye of the hurricane in the middle where things calm down for a second, but it's not going to be the horror game from start to finish the way it was before. You've got to tie it in either, you know, with another genre or two, um, especially with everybody being zombie fans anymore. You know, it, it just, there's, to satisfy everybody, you have to water the product down. To keep the product the way you want it, you're going to hit so small a market that it's not worth making. Um to the scale that they would need to, to, to make it to be a quality Silent Hill game. And I think they kind of realized that um, after seeing the sales from some of the, the pseudo-horror games that have come out in the last couple of months. That's true. And uh, I know uh, for, the, well, you know, with, if any Resident Evil games, well, Resident Evil games will come out in the future. Um, obviously, 
you know, the people will, will still always be, you know, trying to go to the original Resident Evil, obviously trying to harken back to Resident Evil 4, the, the hallmarks of the series, because 5 and, and unfortunately 6 have, have not met expectations. So anything down the road for that series as well, because it's similar to what Silent Hills was trying to, get, uh, to accomplish as well. Those, those series, for the most part, have to lean on, on another type of genre like you said, like action and whatnot, because the horror genre itself, um, gamers have seen scares now for for quite some time, and and it's really really hard to see to sustain that suspense, and and you know those scare tactics throughout an entire what ten, twelve, fourteen hour game. Exactly. Um. So like Konami is is we'll we'll see. It's it's very tenuous right now. Um, hopefully we'll have more before E3 or, or during E3 about what, what Konami's future, uh, what holds as far as from a gaming standpoint. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of concerning indeed. You know, you don't want to see them go the way of THQ and some other entities uh, in the recent past that have, that have met their demise because of poor decision-making, um, over-budgeted games that didn't meet expectations and, and you know we've seen it before uh, as gamers and as as uh, observers of the industry that that those kind of things can happen. But uh, games that are not in trouble at the present time um, is uh, I know Nick's favorite, the Call of Duty. Well, actually, his Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row. But uh, one of his favorite series is the Call of Duty series, and they just announced. Well, actually, leaked all over the internet first, but Black Ops Three actually was. Uh, Introduced to the public as far as a full teaser trailer. Uh, get your pre-order now. All the pre-order bonuses that's already all over the uh, the Amazon's, GameStops, and uh, WalMarts of the world. My question to you: With Call of Duty Black Ops Three, is there really anything original uh, that they can bring to the table with the game itself? I saw the trailer. It's it's Call of Duty. You know, they just made refinements from small ones that seem seemingly looks very similar, though. However, to the to last year's Advanced Warfare, um, just just really seems to me just more Call of Duty, which is you know for right now a lot of people people a lot of people still want. Even back when, you know, several years ago when you and I were were manning the stores and whatnot, it it Call of Duty was it was going upwards. But people, and now uh, it's not. It's going down now. But not as fast as people thought. People thought it would drop well, down. Well, it's going a lot faster than most people would have predicted. I, I mean, people thought Call of Duty was going to be the, the game of the decade. This de- You know, every year winning absolutely everything. And Grand Theft Auto's outsold it. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of other games that are making Minecraft. a lot more money. Yeah, Minecraft. Um, so many more games are making so much more money than Call of Duty did. Um, and, and people are f- realizing that Call of Duty is 96% the same game every year, and they just take the best parts of the last three, put them in that, try one or two new things. If those things catch on, carry it over to the next one. If they don't, kick them to the curb. Um, and, and I think people are looking for like 80% the same game. And give you know seven or eight new things every time. Um, try try things out that way. Um, the online play of it, because I mean, any game when it gets popular, 
starts out with teens and college-age students playing the game. And then once it gets super popular, the kids start to get in on it. You know, the the, the 12-year-olds, the, the 6- and 8-year-olds sometimes. And the community has gone from – I mean, it was never a great community to start with. It was always a bad community because that's just the type of gamer that that game is going to grab. But now you've got the kids – who the video game system is the babysitter now. And, I mean, they're on there. The community is just absolutely toxic. And that's what's killing the game is that it's no longer fun to play for most people. I mean, sure, it's a decent game. But if you're not having fun, you're not going to buy the next one. You might play the crap out of the one you've got because your money is already spent but you're not going to go and get hyped for the next one because you know the community is just going to continually get worse and worse and worse because they don't have very good um, controls of how to monitor their own community, whereas a lot of PC games have in the last five years have started... um, You know, if you get reported too many times, you go into a jerk pool to play you don't play with everybody else so all the toxicity centers around the people who are toxic and the people who are a little more laid back get to play with people who are more like them even in the ranked or um, even just the casual play you know the people who are bad get kicked out and consoles have had a horrible time of keeping up with that and I think that's really one of the, the factors that is affecting Call of Duty. And there's, you know, they're going to have their their work cut out for them this year because Halo Five Guardians is going to be out um, right before um, you know Call of Black Call of Duty Black Ops Three comes out, and also Star Wars Battlefront, which uh, was also introduced to the public last weekend as well. Um, actually, you know, uh, last week as well. It, that actually is well. That's going to be a big time game as well as far as the the sales, the 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 marketed interest. Obviously tying into the Star Wars movie coming out in December itself. Um, I'm I'm impressed by the visuals of what I saw in Star Wars Battlefront, but I'm kind of concerned because there's only a limited number of planets, and also as well, well the name is Star Wars and there's no space battles or campaign which would have been two hallmarks of the series. I understand they want the, that in interviews, DICE has stated that they want to get it closer to the Battlefront series as it started off so many years ago, uh, which did not include a campaign or um, a space battle of some kind. But I think expectations of gamers are something more. I've seen a lot of feedback uh, in that regard of what they wanted to um, I'm kind of concerned from the aspect that they're going to do the destiny thing, just add planets, planets, planets that you have to pay for continuously over the course of time. The DLC obviously thing is getting it, in my opinion, way out of hand, but I also see uh, EA actually now probably in secret, obviously of course, constructing a star Wars game that does provide what, what a lot of the fans are looking for. And that is space battles and a campaign. Your thoughts. I don't know. Um, 
Because I know Amy Henning, Amy Henning uh, she was the, the uh, you know, probably one of the most important people behind the Uncharted series. She left Naughty Dog, and the place she picked up on was uh, Electronic Arts. And one of the reasons why, um, as far as it's concerned, was to, you know, be a part of the Star Wars series. So she could be creating those campaigns. Yeah, I mean... It, it, Star Wars is fairly well known for being at the very least decent. You know, not everything is going to be, you know, as good as the original trilogy, but everything is decent. Uh, gamers talk to any developer who's been in it for 20 years. Gamers don't know what they want. They say they want XYZ and they put XYZ into the game exactly like the gamers want it. And gamers are like, oh, God, this is terrible. Why did we ever want this? And, yeah, they want the space battles and things that they've seen. But I could see EA doing two separate series. One with the the classic Battlefront that, you know, from the original. And without it, without the campaign, more, more of the open world type thing. And then going with the second one... Um, where they they have the space battles and the campaign and things like that because that's what Rogue Squadron was and they for yes. a while ran you know Rogue Squadron and Battlefront side by side and Battlefront sold better so I think they know what they're doing in not putting in space battles just because a bunch of people say they want it doesn't mean they actually do what they want is a fun Star Wars game but and just, i think they can deliver on it but it's just so hard Aaron, to when you see these days when you see so many games like call of duty um and and other games that actually provide a multiplayer that's fleshed out and a campaign that's you know six to ten hours no long. no it is it, the campaign well, is but hold total, on, hold on total crap in those games you cannot call them a campaign they are there just so that they can say they are there. But, there is no thought process put into them. They are complete garbage. Well, no, DICE's uh, efforts in, in most recent battlefields, now those are even worse. I'll give you that. But then there's also games like No Man's Sky, which, you know, as you've seen from the, from the trailers, and as we witnessed... Another uh, game I care absolutely nothing about. <laughs> but a lot of people do. And I know PlayStation, if, if it People does come People are interested out, in it, but no but, one thinks it's going to do what it's supposed to do. They, they're the con- too ambitious. But the combat concept as far as from you going from the ground, as far as be able to do that and, and engage in the environment there, then automatically jump into a ship and go into space. You know, there's, there's going to be comparisons that I think are drawn from it. But uh, I can see as far as an a, a, you know, I guess the maximum is a 40-player player arena. I understand that there's limitations to this. Uh, I'm just concerned, like I said, it's from the aspect, I think, a, a Star Wars game with an, a, a very solid campaign. Uh, and also, uh, for me, Space Battles would have been a, a nice little touch. Uh, and actually, I would have looked forward to it even more than the, the Battlefront game that's being presented. See, I will yeah, still play I think it. it's the exact opposite. I think that putting space battles in would absolutely ruin the game. Yeah, they, they, they've done them well, but the space battles in any game, I've never seen one where it just absolutely blew my mind. Um, I, but their ground combat, 
there's no one that can do it as well as them in a fantasy setting like that. It, it, it just is very, very, um, so much leaps and bounds beyond anything else. So they're going to, they need to take what they are good at and just make it better. If they want to make a second series and have all the campaign and the space battles, do that, but don't ruin battlefront because a that's what people want. That's what most companies do is they, they cave to the public and that's when the game tanks and they start, you know, going the way of THQ and working designs and some of those other companies that, you know, were around and everybody knew who they were in the nineties. And now if you ask a 20 year old, nobody knows their name anymore. (laughs) This is probably true. This is very true. Um, well, if that's the case, but still, a lot of people are going to be looking forward to it. Well, I understand it's getting a lot of interest. Yes. And and obviously the movie that's coming right after but it. But a lot of people cool. had a lot of interest in Enter the Matrix as well. And the Enter the Matrix did exactly what everybody wanted it to do. No, it didn't. But it was but it was it was it was bad. Well, it did everything it said it was gonna do and what people asked for. They didn't realize until after that that is not what they wanted to be able to hack. They wanted to be able to do the things that you did in the game. They just didn't do it very well. And if that's, well, that's the case. Um, it's uh, we're, when it comes out in November, mid November this year, we'll, we'll have to take a look, close look at it. We'll obviously provide our thoughts on the game itself. And uh, hopefully if we can get Chris and Corey out of uh, whatever planet they'll be on, most likely Hoth, uh, we'll be able to get their thoughts as well, or you know, Nick's or or Sam or Sam or anyone else, because I know Sam will, uh, Seven Valkyrie. I know will definitely be uh, interested in the in Star Wars Battlefront coming up. Oh, I think um, everybody will be interested in it, whether they want to play it or not. I think we're all that's going to be one of those games that we can watch and just be like, oh wow, that looks amazing. That's one of those genres that. Even somebody like me who is is very, very picky about what they play is going to enjoy, you know, the the lead up to that game and and all of the hoopla around it. This is true. Uh, One also, Just Cause 3 actually was introduced earlier today um, as far as from a standpoint of the gameplay. And if you're familiar with the Just Cause series, for me, it's been a lot of fun to play. And so I'm... I have high hopes for the game when it comes out supposedly later this year. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, did you get a chance to see the gameplay trailer earlier today? Cause don't care. Me, <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You know what games I'm going to die. <laughs> well, Etrian mystery dungeon. I understand that of, of hardcore 3ds. Uh, well, that gear. was, that, that, that was okay. It's the new, uh, Shin Megami Tensei game that, that's yes, really good. Yes. Uh, Veteran Mystery Breaker. Dungeon was so-so. Uh, Record yeah, Breaker. Record Breaker's freaking amazing. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. But I mean, that you know that I'm not a fan of the AAA games, so yeah. Well, I wasn't sure on Just, Just Cause 3 because, you know, that's something that, that at the time when Just Cause 2 I don't know out, if you have Twitch up, but people are asking your thoughts on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie. Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. My thoughts on it? Yes. Well, since you guys are into uh, scary stuff, Five Nights at Freddy's, 
I don't know. Uh, you elaborate more on it because uh, it sounds like something that that I didn't even know of. there was a movie. I I yeah. knew of the game. I didn't even know yes, there was I. a movie. Uh, we'll um, find my... I I just somebody asked, so I thought I'd bring it up because you know. Well, we appreciate. First on. off, we we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the question. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. No, I don't think you and I have seen it yet. The games, obviously, we have. And they have their own charm and their own niche. But even uh, games like Slender, the Slender series that has come out, um, it just for me it does not. I don't get that that jump really easily. Uh, it's it's you know, and it's really hard after playing games for so many years to get that startle, to get that jump because you know something's going to pop out yet, or you know something's right behind you. It, it, there's just not so. There's there's only so many variations that you can throw at an experienced gamer and, and, and get that kind of satisfaction. Now, not that we are looking for it and we're not, we're not trying to be arrogant when we say we're, we're playing, we're, we're, we're ready to handle it all, but it's just very hard for, for uh, these games to, you know, for, for players that, that are now, cause the average gamers in their thirties these days and uh, you know, they, they've seen it all. It, it's just very hard for them to sustain um, any type of, of scares throughout uh, for these developers. And it's a hard task. Uh, it's much easier if they go the action route. Uh, do you agree, disagree? Simply because it's just so hard to scare people for, for a consistent ba- uh, uh, base in time. I think on a, on a AAA title or even an A title, I will completely agree. To, to have someone scared from start to finish for multiple hours is going to be nearly impossible. And I'm the type of person who gets scared in Bambi, so I don't even play these games because, you know, I, I get scared super easily. I mean, uh, I, I, I get scared in PG-13 movies a lot. But my understanding of Five Nights at Freddy's was, uh, and most of the horror games that are doing really well on PC and Steam is that, you know, they're 15 minutes. The entire game is 15 minutes. Some of them go up to an hour. And it, it's more a race against the clock in a lot of them. I mean, I've seen some of them that are, are you know, monsters coming at you every second. And then, but I've seen a lot of them where it's, you know, you're you're almost like in the movie Saw, and you've got, you know, X amount of time to get out, and you have to do all these steps, and every time you fail, you learn more. And the next room puts even more pressure on you and and things build up from there. So I I think if they do a movie and it has that just fast paced in your face horror feel the way that 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 genre, the good games of that genre, the indie ones, I I think that movie could be really fun and something that um, horror fans could could really latch onto and have a following. Um, But I, I... you know, even horror movies, trying to do a two-hour horror movie, even an hour and a half on some of them, it's, there's always that dead spot in the middle that it doesn't have that eye of the hurricane feel. It has the, okay, let's hurry up and get on with the next thing. And you um, were saying Five Nights at Freddy's 5? Because they're, they're, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's 4 is still coming out on Halloween. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's what I meant. Was you're, you're, I, I, that's why I was so puzzled in the beginning. I was like, Five Nights at Freddy's 5? Um, uh, that's okay. Huh? I went dyslexic on reading uh, re- reading the Twitch message. I went a little dyslexic there. Uh, but uh, we do appreciate the question. Um, and like I said, even the Slender series for me, which 
you know, for, for many has provided a scare too. It's just, I, I, I want something more. And it's very hard once you're, once you've been playing games for so long, if you you get used to it, um, it's just hard, you know, you a little jump, a little scare, but then you're expecting it. And, and to sustain that over a long period of time, it's kind of hard and difficult indeed for developers. So I, my, my appreciation goes out to them and the hard work that they did, hard work that they do and, and hopefully that, that we can have a game that even experienced gamers and non-experienced gamers and you who get scared at Bambi can all like and get scared on. So hopefully very soon. Um, we talked about Just Cause 3, which you don't even care about, uh, which I care about, which I have high hopes for. I think it's going to be a nice, nice, solid title. I think it's good. Just Cause 2 was just awesome. Um, pardon the pun there. Uh, but Ubisoft really has something that they, that they are looking forward to because... And if it's coming out in 2015, that will really help them out because who knows what's going to come out with, you know, going to happen with, with the, uh, the Assassin's Creed title. It's going to come out. Maybe that's not, that's going to be delayed. Maybe, uh, uh, the division might be delayed. Maybe Rainbow Six Siege might be delayed. So it's nice to know that Just Cause 3 is going to be an Ubisoft title that they're really looking uh, forward to. Um, not really, uh, yeah, not a, I have not touched that one, so I, I apologize if if, if uh, that one that that's a little bit. We can put it on the around. list for next time. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what we'll do. We'll uh, put it on the list and see if we can get a sampling of it, so we can uh, uh, you know talk more about it because that's a great question uh, indeed, and and I do appreciate that question being thrown out at us. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, like a boss, three thirty three. He's also saying that uh, just cause looks sick in his opinion. So yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I'm sure, like like him or her, um, that you know you like to get as far as concerned, get into a jet, see if you can try and or swing swing what whatever vehicle that the largest thing you can find and just play. You know, just it's just fun game for me. I'm sorry it's not your cup of tea, Aaron, but it is just truly, truly a fun game indeed. And I look forward to Just Cause 3 as one of the highlights of the holiday season. Um, Arkham Knight, uh, more news came out as far as it's concerned today. Uh, as far as the dual play issue is, is concerned, it's not a co-op per se, but it's kind of like a swapping of characters. Um I don't know what to make of it. I just know Batman Arkham Knight is still going to be very well done. Um, I still think it's going to, when it comes out in June, it's still going to be a, a monster hit for, for one of the best years. games of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, whatever they try to throw into it that you can play as Catwoman for here, a brief year for Nightwing that you can play as, or, or Robin that you can play as that you can alternate and swap out. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, Rocksteady, you get, you get some slack for, for whatever you want to do because those first two Batman games were very well done. Um, and I just, you know, they're, this is the ending coup de gras for them in the Batman series. They're going to do go on and move on to different things. And I, I look forward to Batman Arkham Knight when it comes out in June. Uh, and as you said, one of the best games of summer, no doubt, no doubt will be uh, even a, a, a half attempt at, at the game from them will be very well done indeed. Um, but a game that I really want to talk about, and I, I haven't posted to you yet, but could the game of the year, because we talked about the game of the summer, one of the games of summer, but could the game of the year be coming out in May with The Witcher 3? 
Um, I've seen it, uh, already a couple hours of the game um, through various uh, different um, press releases and videos and things of that nature. Um, just truly, truly uh, looks like a fascinating world. Um, you know, just going throughout the entire, you know, huge, huge area that, that I've seen as far as maps of. And I just can't wait to go into that world and explore it and, and be able to, to fight all the monsters, fight all the different uh, individuals that you, you're going to come across in the game. And what are your thoughts on The Witcher 3? Don't tell me you don't care about this one, because definitely this could be the game of the year. Uh, I mean, I don't care. Hours. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I think... It's 200 hours of your life that's going to be sucked out if you try to yes. play it, I'm going to tell you. Yes, I do think the game is going to be... From the from the, the 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 amount of content I've seen, it's going to be good. I just think the problem for that game is we're what eight months removed from Dragon Age, and that was game of the year last year. Pretty much everywhere between that and uh, Shadows of Mordor, one of those two games. And while it, there are some major differences, you know, I don't think they're the same game. But I think to the casual gamer they're going to be the same style of game. Um, and, and a lot of people who are only going to get, say, you know, their four years a game, or four games a year. Um, uh, this you know, would definitely be one of them. This would definitely be well, one of them. I think it'll be one they get at the holiday. I don't think it'll be one they get over the summer. Um, Why not? Why don't you think because the marketing, the, they're because, being helped and supported with with um, with you know Warner Brothers on this, so it definitely because is something. Because if I that have a choice between games this summer, and I am a casual gamer who go, who doesn't pre-order, who doesn't go to IGN and GameSpot and follow Day Nine and some of those people on, um. Twitter and Twitch and all those other things. I'm not going to know enough about The Witcher to pick that over Batman. I'm going to pick Batman. There are very few games that I'm not going to that, that I'm going to take over Batman. Well, then you should I follow think us Batman here. is going to take enough of the pie from The Witcher that it isn't going to have the launch that everybody thinks it's going to have. Do I think it'll probably outsell Batman? Yes. Do I think it'll be one of the better games of the year, yes. But I don't think it's going to be the games that if we went into a, not that you or I are going to, but if you know we were on a you know high school outside before class started, that it's going to be the game people are talking about. Uh, I, I think there's going to be so many other popular games that people are going to be talking about that a, a series like The Witcher, which most people never even heard of, I, I don't see it being a game no, I, of year. I'm not saying it's from a winner. sales standpoint. I think it's going to be a strong sales. Uh, oh, yeah, I game. think it'll do but, strong sales, and I think the critics will love it, but I do not think that it'll end up getting game of the year because a lot of times game of the year is more what is popular, what is what are people talking about, and I just don't think The Witcher is a big enough series or making a big enough splash to get there compared to other stuff i just i i, I kind of disagree with you i think it's going to do very well off the get-go 
Um, I don't think it's going to sell outsell Batman early on. I, like you said, it's going to, I think it's going to get a lot of traction towards the end of the year. Like you said as well, I agree with you on that end. Um, I think the summer still belongs to Batman on them, but I think that when, it, you know, the game of the year awards comes around, uh, it's going to, to possibly eat, garner a lot of favor and a lot of awards. I think a lot of people, a lot of entities, a lot of publications, including ours, uh, game source on Facebook, uh, yourgamesource.com, of course. Um, we're going to remember it fondly, and I think we're going to, it's going to be remembered by a lot of other publications strongly, and that will help boost its sales uh, even more uh, come the end of this year. I think it's truly a Game of the Year candidate, uh, even without looking at the entire game as a whole. I know I, I can't – how can I say that? It just – it just has that feeling, has that mojo, um, you know, same way that, that, that Nick and I had talked about before Shadow of Mordor came out, uh, another Warner Brothers uh, uh, help title. Now, Warner Brothers isn't obviously producing this themselves. They're obviously just help distributing it and obviously help advertising it. So hopefully their, their love in this case will help uh, people get really interested and get to know The Witcher. And, I, and from what I've seen and, and from what I've been on interviews, what I've seen uh, on both video and written format, uh, the developers have said that you do not need to play Witcher 1 and 2 in order to understand what's going on in Witcher 3. And that, to me, is probably a, a great compliment indeed. because, And also takes a lot of weight off me being intimidated by what's going on early on in the game. Your, your thoughts as well? I <laughs> have to take a deep breath on that one. I'm interacting with people on Twitch and wasn't listening to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving, moving on. Moving on. Uh, uh, I'm kind of okay. good at that one. Yes. The Witcher 3, it's, just, it's coming out in May. People, you need to look for it. You need to watch out for it. It's it. We're at Game Source at Facebook. We're going to try and provide a lot of coverage as well for this game. And I truly think that uh, people who get a chance to delve into that world are going to to deeply uh, deeply be fond of it once they get into that. Oh world. yeah, yeah. People who get it and are into that genre are, are gonna love the game. I, I definitely agree with that. I just I don't think it's going to have the appeal that so many other games this year are gonna have because there's. I mean, if you look at the summer and fall, there's so many games that haven't had something of that caliber come out in a couple of years. And The Witcher just had Dragon Age Inquisition. And if I'm only getting a couple of games a year, I think I'm going to set The Witcher down until it hits the $20 bin in, instead of paying the $60 and then, you know, the inevitable $40 for the season pass and whatnot. So I just think it's going to be one of those games that you wait for the Game of the Year edition on after it wins some awards. Well, I do know that they're going to provide a ton of free DLC. I, 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 I'm sure there probably will be some paid DLC, but they're obvious. They have stated that they're going to provide a lot of free DLC to to players. Yeah, and that's always a good thing. Um, keep keep your community interested, um, e- even if they do put the extremely good stuff behind paid DLC. It's still good to have some uh, free DLC every once in a while. The Roundtable of Doom coming right up. The Roundtable of Doom.
And we're back. Um, it is time for the roundtable of doom. That was fast, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The magic of video and audio once this gets uh, into post-production. Um, and today's topic is going to be on the roundtable of doom. It's going to be the controversy in regards to, well, the Heroes of the Dorm special that was recently put on ESPN2, which you were all over, by the way, on your DVR. Oh, kind of. yeah. I, kind of. like, the moment <laughs> it popped up on my DVR, I set it to tape, and knowing that it's a live sporting event, uh, we yes, with air quotes, I set it to tape an extra half hour past because, I mean, that's what sports do. They always go over. Um, so, you know, I, I was thrilled for it. Sadly, I was at work. Um, I, I really wanted to go out there. Um, Trixler, one of the, the commentators is one of my really good friends. And so we, you know, I really wanted to go and, and, and be out there, but I, I was working Sunday and just could not make the drive. Cause that's uh, what four and a half, five hours for us one way, Yes, you know, for, for, uh, even if I was there, you know, a couple hours before and a couple hours after it, you know, it's a 10 hour round trip, 15 hours total. I needed the day off and Monday off. So it, it would have been a, a little tight for me. And so sadly I couldn't make it, but, um, you know, as soon as I got home from work, I turned it on, started watching. Uh, it was, uh, Arizona state university versus, um, Oh crap. California at Berkeley. And uh it, it it just oh my god, it was amazing. And I mean I play the game a lot and as people who, who watch me stream know I'm not the greatest at the game. I have fun playing the game. The community is not yet as toxic as some of the other high tier uh MOBAs and my chair is trying to fall out from me. Um but, you know, the, the community isn't quite toxic. But, you know, I, I love playing the game. And so I came home and watched it and watched the commentary and, you know, watched Day9 and Artosis, um, Grubby and Trixler and whoever the heck that host was who, you know, she was the host. <laughs> she showed up at the beginning. She showed up at the end. So really wasn't paying attention to her because we saw her like three times throughout. Um, but I mean, it was really good. It was a best of five series and these guys are playing for their college tuition, even though I think most of them make enough money pay playing either Starcraft two league of legends or this professionally, but their college was covered anyway, but blizzard is going to cover, you know, their, their college, uh, for the rest of their careers, which is kind of awesome. But, uh, you know, best of five series and it went to the fifth game. Um, Arizona State had only lost one game the entire tournament. Um, Cal Berkeley hadn't lost any going into the finals, so you knew it was going to be good, and it went to five. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it as to who won, but that fifth game was crazy. Um, but I want to talk. Absolutely crazy. And there was a controversy, yes. And that's what you want to talk about, right? Uh, yeah, because – the, well, I'm going to start off with this. The the actual overnight ratings for it weren't the greatest. 96,000 viewers at 0.1, which is, you know, uh, even for ESPN2, those are not good ratings. I want to delve they into that. They well, average well, about well, 200,000. 
I, I, and, and that's true. But we want to go off why did ESPN show it in the first place? Because they actually previously showed the League of Legends World Championships that garnered. No, they didn't. They showed Dota 2. Dota 2. Dota 2. I'm sorry. The, the you know, $1 million championships you're, you're group at. And yeah, they, but they didn't show them live. No. They didn't show the actual gameplay. They only showed the the commentary leading up to it. They didn't actually show gameplay. So this was well, the first time that it had been live gameplay. But still, the ratings were, were off the charts compared to, to some of the other things that they've done. And they also have shown League of Legends actually on the, uh, on the channel. ESPN3. Yes. They've never shown it on one or two. This was the, the first time that it's been alive. Um, at least. They've shown some like after-the-fact stuff, like highlights, but they've never shown it live like this where they dedicated an entire block to it. Um, but, that the, but the point I'm trying to make is it was watched, you know, it was watched 27 million people actually watched the finals in Seoul. Uh, Twenty-three and a half million people were watching it. You know, uh, almost within within a, a, a very short period of the time afterwards. Um, so those were huge and monstrous ratings. So obviously, you, ESPN they kind of go out of the box, especially with ESPN two because it's their second channel, uh, one of their many channels. But uh, they kind of go out of the box. They they show the spelling bees. They show cheerleading championships. They've shown pro wrestling in the past. They've shown. Uh, you know, obviously, when the poker uh, was really hot, they still do show poker. But when poker tournaments were really hot, they were really, really spending a lot of time with them as well. So ESPN does have a tendency to go outside the box. This is where it comes in. I was actually listening in the morning to the actual live broadcast as it was happening. Uh, Colin Cowherd, which is a nationally, um, their national, one of their national hosts for for their their network programs over the radio, it does the morning show for them. A um, little bit bombastic, got, is very opinionated, um, has uh, said uh, similar things that what he's got, that what was said uh, in the morning about other things uh, such as pro wrestling. And you know, I know he's uh, gotten the ire of pro wrestling fans everywhere from time to time uh, with his comments. But he chose uh, the forum, his forum, his radio show, to, to speak against ever covering uh, video games, as far as from a you know aspect, and if he ever had to, he would quit ESPN. Um, I don't think those comments were the ones that really got everybody mad. But when he started going off uh, as far as um, pigeonholing and stereotyping the individuals themselves, as far as coming from mom's bedroom and whatnot, uh, which he has done before. Yeah, the basement, the basement cracks and things of that nature, which he has done before in reference to to pro wrestling. Uh, I know that that has really gotten the ire from time to time. Um, that's just who he is. It's, it's his shtick. That, that's what he's done in the past. He he knows exactly when he says those things, he's going to get a, a little bit of a crowd that's going to have an issue with it. Um, but it brings up a more valid point, which I've seen on the Internet, including uh, opinion articles on the like. Uh, with there's still with the ratings that are still out, you know, that were shown that were done on the overnight, and also the comments that were made from a national basis by uh, someone who does hold the weight with a lot of uh, of audience, a larger audience out there. Um, what are your thoughts on actually seeing video games get over uh, to a larger audience, to a broader audience? Because gamers are very um, they're supportive of one another, and and obviously uh, within that collective we're going to watch 
as far as is concerned, what what is being produced. But from a, a generalistic standpoint, it's really hard for, for a lot of individuals, including myself, to see that get over because um, just a lot of people will not be able to take it seriously. Uh, I think it's very sad. I think it's very disappointing that they won't broaden their horizons to do so. But uh, it's, to me, at this point in time, I just see it as a fact. Your thoughts on that? Um, first, I'd like to comment more on what he said. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to, um, you know, that were there at the event and whatnot, he made a comment after uh, one of the commentators said that one of the plays that Arizona State made, which the, the guy totally missed on the play. And there's no doubt that the guy misses the play. And the commentator says something along the lines of, this would be like if a basketball player went to dunk the ball and didn't have control of the ball. That's correct. He, he did play that Which, clip. to me, made sense. I watch other sports. I watch eSports. And so the clip made sense to me. Um, and, 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 and when you're on that medium and you're on, and you might have an audience that's not familiar with your product, you're trying to get that over and explain it. I thought that was a very good uh, analogy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but he his comment to that was, you know, uh, he, he liked Donkey Kong back in the day, but that this was like putting a gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger, which to me is suicide. I, I mean, that's what he's saying. So he's publicly saying that suicide is better than esports. Well, and I think that is really what pissed people off um, in the community is that why would you say – I mean, go ahead and bash gamers – we know we're going to get the, the you live in the basement, you live in the attic, you're 40 year olds living at home. We know we're going to get that. It's the stereotype. But to say that suicide is the better option over having it on ESPN or him commentating on it, it is altogether just, just stupid. And, and I think that is what people, at least that I have talked to, are really grasping onto. And I do want to say some of the guys on ESPN today on um, what was it on around the horn, you know, that's their competitive talk show. Yes. And the guy who won spent his 30 seconds of FaceTime saying how absolutely he amazed he was with heroes of the dorm. And that, you know, he brought up that Amazon bought Twitch for a billion dollars, which is worth more than his network, you know, but, but I will say this, um, it's, it's, uh, my compliments go out to ESPN and their parent company, Disney, for doing something like this, for showing this, for going outside the box. You know, people, it, it's, it's just showing that they will have variety, that they're willing to do something as far as to, to get people to tune in and to get a new audience. And, and I give them compliments for that. Um, uh, do I do I like what those things that were said? I didn't like them the morning he said them. I like I said I listened to it live. I knew he was going to get a lot of flack for it. He has said things in the past that he knows he's going to get flack for it. That's part of his gimmick as far as it's concerned. He does have Rush Limbaugh type tendencies. That's just who he is. He thinks yes. it will garner he controversy gets listeners. You know as far as well, it, it, it's viral it, because of it, and people now know who he is, and people may go watch him. And I think he would have still got all of that without the mention of the suicide. To me, that was just a step too far for me. 
Uh, and and like I said, for me, me as well, I think it was it was uh, in poor taste. But unfortunately, when you're when you're you know someone in that in that ilk who thinks he needs to go that far and step over those boundaries, uh, like I said, this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time he's gone after a niche. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, I'm I'm an unabashed pro wrestling fan. Uh, he has uh, gone out of his way to go after individuals who who do like it. Uh, and also the actual individual sports entertainment uh, entity itself. He, he's done this for years on that. And then I saw as, as soon as he list, as soon as I listened to what he was saying as far as video games, you know, I didn't expect. I, I just I just kept driving, and I was not surprised. I was not not uh, no you know, no I wasn't way. surprised by anything other than that one comment. And I knew there were going to be people that said things like that. I knew there were going to be Twitter reactions along those lines. I just didn't expect someone who, who's basically employed by that company to say he'd rather commit suicide than watch their programming. And well, obviously, obviously ESPN has. I'm in shock. ESPN hasn't done anything. You know, he would have apologized today, and he did not. Uh, uh, no. He would have been because he's he's heading here to Las Vegas to cover the fight over the next few days. Um, he was not reprimanded. Obviously, ESPN doesn't think it's that big of a deal. He was never well, really. Quite a few never, of the programs today mentioned how big esports were and that they are the wave of the future. So, while I don't think they flat out reprimanded him, I do think they had a lot of their younger guys because he's older than you are, which is old because I'm old. But you know he. Uh, He's part of the old guard, and a lot of the newer guys, a lot of the newer faces that have shown up in the last five or ten years, they were all saying, you know, esports is the wave of the future. We are going to see this but, alongside our normal sports, and I, I, I do like that that they were saying those things. I, I guess, and I, I, I do as well. And like I said, I'm not trying to disparage uh, as far as esports is concerned. I want it to succeed. Obviously, as somebody who who has covered the video game industry now for for several years, I want the video game industry to succeed by leaps and bounds. And obviously, seeing the huge success on Twitch uh, for coverage of of certain championships and certain games from from all over. And, and seeing the interest, you know, we've we've gone to trade shows, you and I, with thousands of people that that are there. PlayStation Experience, that's uh, right there. GameStop con- con- conventions. We've gone to E3. You know, I've gone to E3. Uh, I've gone to CES. You know, the, where the gaming section are, you know, people just flocking into that section of the area. You know, we we've gone and Level Up Expo. We you know there is a marketplace. Um, that has grown beyond a niche, and I believe that if, you know properly supported, it can go to a, a, a much more popular and wider format. But can it go full on mainstream? I hope so. I certainly do. Uh, but as long as there's going to be individual skeptics like like Mr. Coward out there that are going to make it extremely difficult and and make every effort to to put down uh, esports as an entity, uh, it's going the challenge is going to get a lot tougher. Uh, before it gets any easier. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do not think that, you know, this time next year, we're going to be seeing, you know, weekly esports tournaments. Um, I, I, I think it's going to take a while. I think they're probably going to wait six months, throw something new up. I guess um, being will, but I think some channel might approach a weekly. Oh, tournament. yeah. Um, 
Uh, oh God, who was it? G4 Tech TV or whatever they are now. I don't even know. Spike might even pick something up. What are they? The Sci-Fi Channel. I have no clue what any of them are anymore. They keep changing their name. But um, yeah, Esquire Network for Men or something, and they dropped most of the gaming stuff. So it, they're probably out. But, but Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi. It would not surprise me if Sci-Fi picked something up and called it part of their reality series. Um, or, or a smaller, a smaller network, you know, Destination America, you know, other other entities out there. You absolutely, know, uh, Bravo, a, you know, A and E would be, you know, we've seen, you know, it creeping into the social network and the social atmosphere uh, of of our society as far as gaming is concerned, and become more and more, you know, news entities, news outlets seem to be reporting more as far as when the Call of Duties and the GTAs. Uh, achieve um, you know levels of success uh, as a, a entertainment entity that that not even movies have achieved, and and it's great to see, and it's great to see that that it's starting to creep into our society more and more, and people are are actually becoming a little bit more open-minded about it. But as long as and you said it perfectly, the old guard still is there. As long as they're, the old guard is still in important and key places uh, within our media and within our industry. Uh, as far as the television industry, as far as it's concerned, it, the esports genre as a whole has still got a long way to go. Uh, absolutely, um, I, I think right now esports is going to be pretty much online, mostly like ninety-eight percent online. Every once in a while, we might see some TV stuff. I know MLG has tried some stuff in previous years. But it was never a game on caliber with where League or Heroes of the Storm or Dota or uh, even Minecraft or things like that. I mean, this was like 10 years ago when StarCraft uh, Brood War was was the biggest for almost, geez, almost 15 years before anything else really started to take over. Um, Do you ever see it becoming as popular... Do you ever see it becoming as popular here in North America or Europe yes. as it does, uh, you know, on the Far East? Because you've seen the ratings, you know, uh, uh, absolutely. Korea, um, Korea, just you know, as far as South Korea is concerned, in they ten just, years, you know, network in, television. In ten years, my generation, which grew up in the '80s and the '90s with video games, you know, we're going to be in our '40s, '50s, you know. And we're going to be the people who are in charge of that programming. And I think it's people are finally going to see that's the way to go. I think it'll get more popular because I, I can't go out and play football every day if I'm in certain areas of, of the country. Whereas if I've got a computer or a video game system and an internet connection, I can play every day. Um, I, I just see that the, the it's going to be easier to get into you know the the whatever the big esport is at the at the time compared to football or uh some of the other sports i think the barrier the cost the barrier of entry is going to be much lower and so people are going to be able to do you know those those sort of games um you know you you don't have to travel to events um, until you get really good, whereas you know how many travel soccer teams are there, and you know they're just you watch them and they're not that good. 
you know, there, there's so many travel baseball leagues and the players are just not that good, but you know, it, it's more of a pay to play than a, let me get really good at my sport type thing. Um, and I just, I just think it's going to be easier to, to get kids to go, Oh, I can play a video game and make money on it. Let me do that rather than try and say, Oh, um, I'm five foot six. I want to go play basketball. I want to go play football. You know, it doesn't matter your build in computer games. It's, uh, yeah, there is some genetics in it. You know, the faster you can click, things like that. But in general, you can get good at video games in almost any body type. Um, so people are going to be able to relate to the nerdy guy on the screen instead of, you know, not everybody's going to look like LeBron James or Peyton Manning. You know, it, it just, it's going to appeal to the everyday person a lot more than sports do because sports you're cheering for. And yeah, I might go out and play in the backyard with my friends, but if I really want to play computer games well, I can. I can go out and put the time and effort into it from the comfort of my own room and do do things. So I think eventually, I mean, TV's going the way of the dinosaur anyway, and Internet's going to be where everything is. So, I mean, if in 10 years, you know, ESPN doesn't matter unless they change, you know, I, I think Twitch or whatever the newest version of Twitch in 10 years is will be where everything is, and it, the, the money will be going here instead of to TV channels um, and sports TV. So if they don't get a piece of the pie now, they're not going to have a chance later, and they could be absolutely irrelevant um, as people spend more and more money on gaming and gaming paraphernalia and, and things of that nature. Um, and I could be absolutely biased in, in this opinion because I really want this to, to do well. But I mean, I, I think we can see with how many streaming platforms are out there, how many different leagues are out there for the games. Um, how many of the games are making over a billion dollars a month? Some of them in three days that, you know, th this sort of thing is probably going to be here to stay for the long run. Uh, whereas traditional sports, their their attendance numbers have been in general either staying flat or going down. So that's just my my, my thoughts and hopes on it. Well, I hope, uh, I hope that does come to fruition. I hope what you, you are hoping for uh, does definitely come. Uh, come into fruition for for all of us here uh, at Game Source and all the all the gamers out there. I'm sure they they would be excited for that future as well. And thank you to ESPN for dipping your toes into the water uh, into the e gaming scene. And uh, hopefully more esports will will come uh, soon enough uh, to our TV screens um, in the near future. So far, before we leave. Uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, the Avengers coming out, this little movie that was made, uh, you know, that's that's actually about a lot of superheroes and whatnot. And I was hoping that we could have some more staff tonight, but uh, they all seem to be preoccupied with streaming and other glorious details. 
But uh, seeing how the Avengers is coming out this weekend, if you were an Avenger, who would you be? <laughs> Probably Hawkeye. I just I've always had a fascination with bows and arrows. Um, you know, Diablo. I always played the the archer and then the Amazon, and then the um, demon hunter. Um, Heroes of the Storm. Vala was my first character mainly because I got her permanently free with uh, by owning Diablo three. But you know. Um, she, she, I've just always had a fascination with bows and arrows at uh, Boy Scout camp. I always loved shooting at the target. One of the few people who ever took that seriously um, for while we were there. I, I just, I like that he's, at least in the movie universe, pretty much just a really good bow and arrow shooter. Yeah, there's some tech in there and whatnot. But it's not like, you know, he had mutant powers or he goes out and buys a power suit, um, things of that nature. He's kind of, you know, something that if I were absolutely crazy and wanted to put my life in danger, he'd be the superhero I could be rather than, you know, the other ones all just seem a bit more unrealistic. You know, I'm not going to get the... the the, the serum that Captain America had or hopefully not get exposed to gamma radiation or any of that. Um, Hawkeye is kind of like something you could is almost in the realm of the possibilities. I, I mean, that tech, yeah, is still going to take money, but it's not going to take the, the trillions of dollars that being Iron Man would take. Um, you know, it, it seems more like something that technically could happen. To someone. Fair enough. Who would you be? I'd say Hawkeye as well because uh, for a you lot of those You can't steal reasons, my answer. For a lot of those same reasons, but also the fact that I just saw uh, with my wife and my kids uh, Marvel Ultimate Experience Live here in, in Las Vegas. Uh, it was actually a, a pretty uh, cool show for the kids. Uh, and, uh, you know, just seeing what, what Hawkeye's place is in the Avengers. Uh, obviously, you want him to get more love told that he's going to get more love in this film. Uh, hope so, indeed. Because, you know, everybody wants to say the Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, whatever, you know, with the war, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but like I said, Hawkeye is Hawkeye's really cool. And, you know, we can, I think I can hang with that as well. Um, it's, you know, shooting those bones and arrows, you know. If you get mad at me from far, you know, I'm just standing away and you say, good, you know, mean comment. There you go. Right there, in a nutshell. Um, or Nick, you know. Right there, get him with a. Don't give me ideas. Don't give our viewers ideas either. Fair enough. And uh, one last thing, I want to. Is there a topic that you want to discuss before we head on up? Because I've got something, but uh, before I say it, I want you to say it. uh, What's on your mind before we head on up? Um, Heroes of the Dorm was the, the the big one, and I had a request as soon as we got here to talk about the pandas because when I stream I play one of the pandas and so they they are definitely my favorite character in the game and uh, Blizzard needs to add the panda cub from World of Warcraft, the pet in that game, as a playable character in, in this um, with the exact same skill set it has in, in pet battles that would just be ridiculous but um, 
Jeez, my topic, um, probably just the the how amazing portable gaming is for me right now um, with, with the 3DS and Atlas and Nintendo both putting out a ton of great RPGs compared to what any of the other consoles have right now on the on the RPG front. I mean, yeah, you've got like one or two uh, decent games a year on the consoles, but pretty much there's eight games this year, I think, for for the 3DS that that are really decent or better. So that 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 that's kind of my comment. I don't think we need to talk about it because. I know that's not going to be of interest to everyone, but uh, that that that's my two cents for the uh, stream. And yeah, my two cents to go on that is is um, you know I've been going to be covering a lot of games in the near future as far as uh, the Weaponographist, uh, um, as far as Fire. Um, yeah, you know, um, I am Bread. You know, I'm going to have a lot of reviews and whatnot coming up, including a, a documentary. Uh, that uh, was sent over to us. I'll be probably providing a review for that as well in the near future. But the one thing I want to talk about that I've got coming up is a, um, if you didn't get, get a chance to see it, it's on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's an interview I conducted with the director of Nintendo Quest, Missing Mom, and also as the upcoming uh, Kippy, uh, excuse me, the upcoming Kitty biopic. I want to say that 10 times fast. Um, his name is Rob McCallum, and I really, truly appreciate him taking the time to, to t- sit down and talk to me. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a larger article uh, that I'm going to be putting on the site, yourgamesource.com, sometime uh, early next week, uh, which is going to detail as far as, uh, you know, I want our conversation. A little bit more about Rob himself, uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch it on our YouTube channel. It's, it's a good watch. Uh, it's all about uh, what he has in mind, and if you haven't had a chance to, to find out what Nintendo Quest, which is the search for all the North American um, collection of Nintendo Entertainment Software. Uh, official from the, collection. Uh, yes, official collection of the NES games, which is almost almost 700 games. Uh, obviously not stadium events, something like that, but you know all the ones that, that can be attainable, uh, with him and his friend Jay taking up the challenge. Uh, with no means of trying to get online at bidding or whatnot, it's them actually scouring the country uh, for all these games, uh, and the the you know the work that's gone into it by Rob, the the great detail. Um, it's just it's it's a great movie, and he's actually going to be showing it across the country. He's got screenings um, that are coming out all through the summer, and if you are interested, check out the NES Club. Um, as far as it's concerned, on their Facebook page, or type in Nintendo Quest on the search on the Facebook page, and you'll get to see exactly where uh, it's playing. We will be actually hosting a Q&A after their, um, after their, they're showing their screening here at UNLV on the 28th of June, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we're looking forward to doing that and being a part of that. Um, uh, he just, like I said, I'm going to have an article this, uh, coming up next week on Rob himself. Uh, really happy that he got a chance to sit, you know, that I got a chance to sit down and, and talk to him. I wish him the best uh, on all of his projects. And if you get a chance to see it, please uh, stop by our Game Source uh, YouTube page because uh, it's really a great interview, and uh, I really appreciate him taking the time down to sit and talk with us. And we're just look forward to it. Uh, your thoughts on Nintendo Quest? I mean, you've seen bits and pieces of it already. 
I've seen quite a bit of it, and I've gotten access to things I can't talk about, so I have to be very careful about what I say, but um, I, I, I really like the story of, you know, somebody of, you know, our generation who grew up right at the start of what's considered the modern console era with the, the NES, and the memories that you and I are going to have from that, and somebody going, you know, I mean, we were all, all of us as kids were like, I want every game possible. And then we hit like 12 years old and realized, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then Jay, as this 30-year-old, gets dared by his best friend Rob to go and do it. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, sure. And Rob's like, oh, and since I'm a a, a documentary maker, we're going to go ahead and document the whole trip. Okay. Oh, yeah, you only have 30 days to do it on top of it just just to make it a little more fun. Um, you know, but it's cool to see somebody going out there and fulfilling a dream that all of us had as kids from my generation. Um, you know, and if you you don't get to be able to go to one of the actual screenings, uh, later on this year, it is being put out on home video. On the 30th anniversary of the launch of the NES. So definitely so, look, look definitely look out for that. Uh, we're really happy for him and also uh, both him and Jay uh, on what they're accomplishing. And, uh, you know, that's a big task. Like you said, it's 30 days. They had to do a lot of footage. Uh, they had to pick and choose exactly who uh, they, you know, what, what, what scenes they were, were in, yeah. what celebrities they put. And I mean. The interviews that they did. Yeah, absolutely. Billy Mitchell, you know, they were discussing cutting Billy Mitchell, who, like, anybody who's a gamer who's going to go, okay, who is going to be a celebrity from the 80s? You know, unfortunately, from King of Kong, um, or what was it, Fistful? I don't even remember what it was called anymore. But Uh, everybody knows him from that. King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that one. Um. You know, everybody's going to remember him from that. Um, you know, the the guys from Twin Galaxies. I mean, they got their own Twin Galaxies card. That's how big the 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 classic community is in on this. That they have their own card from the people who do world records of video games. I mean, that's just insane. Um, you know, they they actually help the Guinness Book of World Records when they put out their annual book. Um, I mean, they have interviews from people who hold like 15 records and they're considered small time and are getting cut. Uh, I was there when they interviewed Tommy Talrico, who does video games live, who did video game um, music uh, from the mid eighties. You know, they interview him in this and I can't wait to see the final cut of who gets in and who doesn't get in. And it's just, I, I'm the guys are amazing. They also have their own podcast. Um, and, and they're really fun to listen to. So, I mean, just getting to watch them for however long the final cut of the movie is, it just, it, it's something to look forward to, especially if you are into the, the history of our, our passion here, video games, Exactly. Um, from I, where, I think from it's going to be a good, it's going to be a feel good story in him going and getting 
or disappointment story if he doesn't get it. I do not know the answer, though I, I, I do have some guesses from talking to him. But it's going to have a little bit of that that feel-good, try-hard story and a little bit of the, the history of – not the history of games. There's a, I think at the beginning it's the history of video games in 60 seconds. And that's all the history they go into. But actually seeing the people who created that history um, in, in – I think that's going to be really cool to see, and it's something everybody should go and watch. Um, I know they're going to Cleveland twice, and that's where my family's from, so I'm kind of thinking I want to go to a second one and and possibly get to go see that um, beyond just the the Vegas show, which I'm definitely going to if I have to steal tickets from someone I'm going. But uh, um, you're you're going with us, so yeah, yeah. I, I, Rob invited me over a year, just about a year ago, so I'm not too worried. But I'm but going we, to go if I have to steal tickets from from a baby. Well, I'm going. But we're we're going to be recording a podcast there uh, from the actual event, and then obviously uh, he did ask. He was very kind of was very kind of him to ask us to to host the Q and A, and uh, we're really. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Really excited about it, and obviously, I'll really finally excited. get to meet Jay. I've yes. talked to Jay online, but I've never shook his hand. You know, it's just one of those. That's going to be awesome. I finally get to meet Jay after all this hype of because I mean, I remember the Kickstarter almost uh, might have been over two years ago now. Because I want to say they shot in um, summer of '13. So I mean, we're looking at, at two years ago from the Kickstarter to now. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just exciting to get to meet somebody's hitting his lifelong dream absolutely most definitely indeed and we're definitely looking forward to it and if you stick tuned you know stay tuned to game source on facebook we'll definitely provide you with many updates but also as well the nes club uh and nintendo quest on their facebook uh uh channels you can take a look and they have all the latest updates as well we're definitely looking forward to the project indeed we share most of their updates so if you follow us you can just click one of those to follow them and uh, speaking of following us, yeah, that is right. The Game Source Facebook page and also the at Game Source on Twitter. You follow or like either one or both of those, and you will get our constant updates from around the vi- video game world. Uh, we've done posted, I think, over thirty-six thousand uh, articles as far as you know pertaining to the video game industry. Plus, we've provided hundreds of view- reviews, hundreds of videos, uh, hours and hours of podcasts on our own. As far as it's concerned, uh, you know, through our at yourgamesource.com, www.yourgamesource.com website, um, and then also our game source on YouTube. Uh, I did mention at game source on Twitter, game underscore source on Twitch, which follows a lot of the action that you, Chris, Corey, and myself uh, do a lot of as far as, and Nick every now and then, Jamie now and then uh, as well. Sam Even and Sam. Sam. Sam and Sam on the, as far as they're following their action too, uh, as far as stream from a streaming standpoint, uh, all the games that we play on there as well. Um, and if you have any questions, just give us an email uh, to info at yourgamesource.com. Um, also as well, if you're interested in becoming a part of the staff and writing for us, uh, we're always looking for, for, for people as far as concerned who love video games like we do. That's again, info at yourgamesource.com. Uh, and uh, while we are talking about all of our social media stuff, we are also running a contest. If you're watching this before uh, May, geez, what day is it? <laughs> Whatever Sunday is, May the 3rd. 
for Heroes of the Storm beta keys, all you have to do is share the post from our Facebook page, share the post from our Twitter page, um, follow us on Twitch while I am streaming Heroes of the Storm. You also need to shout it out that you're doing so because otherwise I'm not going to notice on Twitch. Um, or send us a review of a video game. You, we don't have to post it on the site if you don't want it. But uh, if you do, we will be more than happy to post it on the site. Do not steal it. We're going to take uh, one person from each of those four ways and give them a code. And then I'm going to give away a fifth code uh, for anybody else who didn't win one, one of the first four. So you can't win two. But pretty much you're going to have two chances to win. Um, so, so definitely, if you want to play Heroes of the Storm, uh, share our posts, and um, you'll be entered to win. And if if you if you missed it for any reason, we're going to have it uh, on our YouTube page. When you're watching this video, it'll be on the lower part of the screen. Uh, when when I make uh, go into editing, and we have a uh, the official uh, podcast video up, um, but I'll also try to put in the comments of, of this taping as well. And, and if you, you see fit, because we're always looking at trying increasing our, our, our production values here and trying to make this a better experience for everybody. Um, if you see on our Twitch channel, we do have the, the Twitch feed uh, and also the Patreon uh, accounts. If you decide to make a donation of any amount, it's greatly appreciated from both myself, Aaron, and everybody on our staff at GameSource. Absolutely. Absolutely, because we, you know, we need to increase our production values. We'd like to try as well to, you know, uh, also if you, want, equipment, if you have any ideas, what we should, oh, go if ahead. You have any ideas about what we should uh, discuss on the, the show, like uh, the, like a boss three thirty three wants us to talk about subnautica. Neither Gerald or I know anything about it. We're going to look it up. That's going to be on our next podcast. So if you have any ideas, no matter how remote they are, let us know and we will we will look into it and uh, discuss it, even if it's just like, yeah, we're not going to discuss this. It's garbage. We don't know until you tell us. Um, well, Devin looking at that indeed. I have we no problem it. saying that, 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 you know, Just Cause 3 is garbage to me because I don't care. So if, uh, if there's something you want us to talk about, us, let us know. If you want to join us. Let us know. Also, let us know what a, when a good time for you is. Because uh, if we've got somebody who wants to talk, we will be more than happy to talk with them. Just let us know uh, what you want to talk about, how long you have to talk, so that we can you know, set up, set up a, a, a pseudo schedule. Because as you can see, we change things on the fly here. I tried to avoid that just three topic as much as possible. Um, but yeah, we, if you want us to talk about something, if you want to talk with us, let us know. We'll be more than happy to do it. Um, and, and if you're lucky, you can get either of the female Sams in on your podcast. And that always makes things better. And I'm going to get slapped in the face for saying that. Uh, yes, you probably will. Um, <laughs> shake my head. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so that does it for me. Uh, Gerald, better known as Yes, Devil's Lives. And... This is Aaron, OSU Water Polo, and we are here with your GameSource.com. And thank you to everyone in Twitch who was commenting, um, giving us ideas as, as we went along. Interdeviant, the Like a Boss 333, 
and uh, some others who I banned because they were spamming. But thank you for spamming our Twitch chat room anyway. It's greatly uh, appreciated, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we do have the f- no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, that is it for us here from yourgamesource.com and the rest of the GameSource staff. All right. Thanks again for everyone out there for listening. For Have a watching. great day, midday, afternoon, night, whatever time of day it is for you. There you go. And the MP3 will also be on this yourgamesource.com website on our podcast page as well. Want to make sure everybody knows. And thanks again. Much appreciated. And have yourself a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.